Good day and welcome to today's Capital One Listening Leading Webinar with Cosina. We are pleased to offer a session on basketball game day media guidelines and hosting in the pandemic, a discussion with Cosida and the United States Basketball Writers Association. Please welcome today's presenters. Seth Davis, president of the USBWA, a sports writer and broadcaster for The Athletic and CBS Sports. Mike Kern, associate commissioner of the Missouri Valley Conference. Kenny Klein, senior associate athletic director at SID at the University of Louisville. Colin McDonough, assistant athletic director at Northwest Missouri State University. And Malcolm Moran, executive director of the USBWA and professor in the IUPUI Sports Capital Journalism Program. Thank you for joining us today, gentlemen. Thanks, Each Will. of these presenters were part of the working group that developed the basketball media guidelines, which were released earlier this month. I'm Will Rolston, Associate Executive Director of Cosida, and will serve as your webinar moderator today. We appreciate you joining us for what should be an outstanding conversation. Before we begin, we'd like to say a quick thank you to our corporate partner, Capital One, presenting sponsor of Cosida's Professional Development and Continuing Education Series. As a reminder, the on-demand webinar will be posted later today on Cosida.com and Cosida's YouTube channel. We will also offer this as a podcast, and you'll be able to download it from the services listed on cosided.com. Please invite your colleagues to listen and watch the on-demand webinar as it is free to everyone. Thanks to all who have submitted questions in advance. We encourage you to submit any questions you might have here during the course of our webinar. You can place your questions in the chat box and your questions will be addressed throughout the webinar. For starters, uh, please know that these guidelines are to be considered that, these guidelines are best practices. And we certainly understand that local regulations in your area will be key factors and will take precedence and impact what you're able to do at your institution. We would like to thank the USBWA and COSIDA members who helped put this document uh, together. So we appreciate all their uh, assistance. You see the document there, it can be downloaded and viewed anytime on COSIDA.com. So let's begin. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Uh, why was this an important undertaking uh, for COSIDA and SIDs? Well, in, in my opinion, it provides some guidance and answers in a time when all we have is uncertainty. Uh, the NBC postponed its fall sports back in August, and since that time, our, our primary focus has been figuring out a path to safely launch the basketball season. And I think that's pretty consistent with that others that have moved their fall sports to the spring. We do have a COVID-19 working group that meets weekly with subsets also meeting routinely uh, throughout the week and examining all aspects, including testing, contact tracing, operations, officials, and of course the media. You know, having a having a national panel providing some guidance to our COVID working group helped take one thing off their plate. Uh, we would have some people say, "Well, what are we going to do about the media?" And I said, "We're going to have some national guidelines and some recommendations." So it simplified their process, and it also, um, you know, protects for to the largest extent possible our, our biggest allies, which is our friends in the media. Thanks, Mike. Malcolm, from your perspective in the US BDA, why was collaboration important between these two uh, organizations? Well, it was a natural will primarily because I mean, we're always mindful that a significant percentage of our membership is people in sports information offices. So in, in many ways, this was as much of an internal conversation as it was a conversation between organizations. And it just became clear, I think, to all of us during that week of March 9th, when one by one things were shutting down, 
that we're facing an ongoing situation that has no instruction manual at all. And so if there was any way that we could collaborate and at least come up with some ideas and and a give and take that, that could be put down in a document that that would help everyone. Kenny, as you were a part of this uh, process, uh, what did you find were some of the highlights or what do you think should be some of the key takeaways the SIDs and media for that matter, um, you know, should take? Well, I think, uh, I think obviously we've got a, got a good document there that has a lot of specifics in it, but I, I think number one, the flexibility is the key to sanity uh, during all this, uh, what's going on. We've already seen so many games uh, being moved and you almost have to expect that something's going to happen along the way. You know, we're, we're hosting our own 16 game, 10 day bubble type event uh, right now. And before we even got started, uh, had four teams that had issues. Uh, we lost a couple of them. Uh, so it's going to happen this year. So uh, we, we understand that. And then we, but we've, uh, we've got to try and follow these guidelines and, and communicate well. Uh, I think each of you in your own conference or state have protocols uh, that you have to follow. Uh, but these guidelines are really help meant to help guide you not to be a definitive way of doing things but uh, some may have fans some may not some may be able to use that uh, those areas without uh, when you don't have fans uh, to be more flexible and accommodating media and distanced areas and such uh, you know and i think it's also important uh, for all the sids to help each other out uh, obviously travel is going to be more limited this year uh, so any way we can help our colleagues out is very important. Uh, I think in each of your venues, uh, safety measures are, are number one. That's, that's what's allowing us to play is taking the right measures, uh, whether it's temperatures, health assessments for the media coming in, uh, just, but just make sure you communicate whatever that is in advance. Uh, you're gonna have seating limitations, obviously, in, in, in many places. Uh, I, Again, I think conferences in our conference, for instance, they're they're dictating who is on that front row of the scores table. Uh, but then you've got other areas that you may be able to use. Even here, we've got uh, we'll be able to have 3,000 fans in a 20,000 seat arena, uh, but there's still areas to put media, uh, and we've still been able to find maybe some upper photo locations for some people that uh, that would not be able to be in the arena. Uh, and then I think also with with all these things that we're doing actually at the game and such, it's important to communicate methods of covering your team without a credential. You know, there's nothing like being in the arena or being even even with limited or no fans, uh, but there's still ways to, for media to generate coverage. Uh, I'm sure most everybody's doing all their post games virtually, live stats available online. Most games are going to be televised live or or even at smaller levels broadcast on uh, radio. We've all got our game notes online and probably wouldn't have printed copies available for people anyhow. And then at least in our, our uh, league, we're doing uh, a pool photographer to provide photographs and video uh, for everyone. So, you know, I think that touches on a couple of the things. I'll be happy to talk more later, but, but again, um, just communicating amongst each other helping each other out, I think are important things. Seth, from the media's perspective, uh, you know, both the process and what became important to you uh, as this document was put together and this conversation was happening? 
Well, it was incredibly edifying, you know, for me, uh, as you all know, with the basketball writers, the presidency is a is, is a one term unless Malcolm insists I stay on longer uh, or maybe I, just, I won't concede, actually, is the way what I'm going to do. Um, and so you sort of move into this role. And, and you know, for me, it was really great listening experience. Um, and I love Malcolm's point about how many uh, SIDs are part of the Basketball Writers Association. I mean, we are on the same team. Um, you know, there are areas and times where our agendas and needs are going to diverge, um, but we still want to end up in the same place. And that's to see the game be healthy, um, to see fans interested and engaged and informed. And so um, I just thought the discussions were absolutely, you know, terrific. Um, we're all facing, you know, disruptions. You know, Kenny, uh, in on a couple of words, I, I think are really important. One is uh, Communication. A lot of people on this webinar have that, the word communication in their job title. So I find that um, in situations like this or in a friendship or a work uh, situation or a marriage, um, that, that communication is critical. And if you're communicating is also listening. So we listen to each other. So here's what I'm dealing with. Because sometimes they will, well, they should do this or you guys should do this or it should just be this way. And you just don't quite know. Um, what everyone is is um, taking in uh, elsewhere. Uh, and then the other thing uh, that, where the Kenny mentioned that I think is really the coin of the realm for the season is, is flexibility. I understand when people say, well, we want order. We, you know, we want things to be lined up. We want one standard that we can implement across the board that everybody follows. Uh, my answer to that is if you want order, um, you've got the wrong pandemic. Uh, this is mass chaos <laughs> and it's global and it extends well beyond college basketball. So. Yeah, it's chaotic and yes, it's disorder, but I think um, we need to keep our tolerance high for that uncertainty because it does give us flexibility to react to very, very fast changing circumstances. We all agree that health and safety is first and foremost, and it, there's no, there's no, not even a second. It's, it's the only real consideration. But once that has been addressed, you know, what else can we do to ensure, um, you know, the, the keywords. Uh, that Malcolm and I um, and the football writers and APSC put out in our statement are essential and independent. We believe that independent media organizations have an essential role to play. Now, what that translates to in terms of how they carry out that role, how many people are allowed to be where to carry out that role, lots of you know variants uh, in that from school to school, conference to conference, uh, state to state. But to the degree that we can pre preserve the essential role of independent media news organizations. I think um, there are a lot of ways forward that can satisfy everybody's uh, concerns and needs during a very, very difficult time period. Thanks, Seth. Alan, from, from your perspective, again, some people may view this document and say, well, that just applies to schools with lots of media and lots of seats and everything. You're in a little different situation. Uh, you got a very successful Division II program there at Northwest Missouri State. But um, how have you dealt with it there? And, and how do you deal with trying to handle all these social distance requirements while also probably trying to get more media to cover, to cover your school um, than might normally? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm certainly glad that you included us on this uh, on the panel here. Uh, it's not just Division One that's handling all this, Division Two, Division Three, NAIA schools from, from all levels of hoops. We're all going through different challenges. And although some of this may not always apply to, to D2, D3, NAIA, there are certain pieces of this that, that, that we can all use and, and, and help to get us through it. Uh, 
try to do j just Zoom interviews after games. I think it's, it's kind of hard if teams are doing doubleheaders, men's and women's doubleheaders. That's going to be difficult with small staffing, things like that. But maybe it can be done after a game. Uh, I know this past weekend, uh, the MIAA Division II had some games, and uh, Emporia State's Don Wiest, I saw him do a post-game Zoom with his head coach and media members, and they were able to get the information out, and he, and he posted on his website afterwards. So, so fans could even see that too, whereas sometimes in the past you're not always seeing all the information that's getting out there. Uh, when you think that you're trying to get media coverage, I, I think you almost you have a chance of getting more media coverage at this point, maybe not in your arena, but folks aren't going places. So it, it's a matter of them reaching out to you, you reaching out to them and letting them know we got a Zoom interview. You can do a phone interview with, a, with an athlete, with an email, uh, cell phone. We can, we can talk over the phone. There's so many different areas that we can reach out to. We're not just stymied by, oh, I can't come to your game. I can't cover it. No, there's other ways from streaming games to, as uh, we talked about earlier, radio broadcasts. There's so many other ways that you can get your games out there and, and, and folks can still cover you. And it's not just the big boys that are getting all the coverage. Kenny, speaking of the, the big boys, obviously you've got a successful program there. You talked about some of the changes you've already had to uh, deal with. But you've got to work with a civic arena. You've got potentially large media contingents that you may need to, to limit. You probably have some visiting media uh, at the ACC level. But how are you trying to navigate uh, those key pieces of, of game operations? Well, uh, a few things. We've we've had to put in some plexiglass in some areas. You know, by having fans here, we've we've put in a lot of plexiglass to around the bench areas and such. Even though the benches are distanced and such, we have uh, we have added some things there. Uh, from a media standpoint, uh, the television networks we've had to bump uh, the cameras to an upper deck to meet uh, some ESPN protocols that are in place. Uh, you know, obviously we would, uh, we've tried to hang on to uh, so many courtside seats over the years and have been successful in that. But now with the pandemic, uh, nobody's at courtside. So uh, we've, we've kind of bumped everybody up into our, to our upper seating area. And, uh, and then those seats are distance as well. So, so obviously you're dealing with uh, much smaller uh, numbers, uh, but we also have to keep in mind that even though we have our own home media, that we need to set aside some seats for the visiting team and for uh, any national people like uh, Seth that might want to show up at one of our events. So, uh, so those are important too. Uh, but you know, it, when you particularly when you have fans and and you're dealing with and anybody's got different state guidelines and such. So there's so many places that have no fans, so a small number of fans, uh, small numbers of media, maybe no media. So, you know, there's some areas that, that may not have any media. So, so you, you know, you're almost dictated by, uh, by what you're allowed to do. You know, our, our, our governor, for instance, you know, came out with some statements on things that we have to follow everything that he says. So, I mean, whether we like it or not. So you just have to be able to, again, to adjust and and hopefully when you do have fans there to be able to still have a nice atmosphere at the game uh, properly distanced. Uh, Kenny, what are you doing relative to you know printouts or game notes? Are you going everything uh, digital? I'll assume limited to no media backstage space such as a media workroom in your instance. Yeah, everything uh, everything is uh, 
digital. Uh, we are not printing any notes uh, that in our press rooms as we normally would. Uh, we're not printing uh, statistics. Uh, obviously, everything is online and that, and I, th I think people have adjusted to that. We've seen that in football. You know, we, we haven't done there. We do print, and we'll we have printed flip cards in football. We'll still print roster cards and uh, flip cards and put those at everyone's seat so they so they have that readily available. Uh, I think you'll uh, you'll see different things that are being done on the benches. Uh, you know, there's always a lot of paper being uh, delivered to benches for stats. Uh, at least in our league, we we chose to to have at least four uh, paper uh, box scores printed at uh, at each time out for the coaches. I know SIDs get hit with that a lot too. So uh, you know, you may there's some uh, some leagues have gone to uh, having iPads on the benches. If everybody agrees to it, they they can get a uh, uh, you know a, a variance for that. Uh, normally, there are not electronic uh, aids allowed on benches, but again, some our, our league discussed it, uh, chose not to do it. Uh, so those are, those are a few of the things there that you mentioned. Back from a, a conference office or conference SID perspective, um, you got you have a conference tournament up. Uh, you know, probably in March, you're probably hoping to get to that point, and we're all still playing. But what do you know now, and how are you approaching that with, with so many unknowns at this point? Well, Will, oddly enough, our, our tournament begins 100 days from today. So we're, we uh, we don't know much about what the, the tournament format's going to look like. We do bring all 10 teams to our tournament and have nine nine games over four days. We're going to learn a lot from the multi-team events that are, that are going on right now, and including the one Kenny's and Louisville's hosting this weekend. And we'll get some experiences from that those events and how they manage multiple teams in the same site at the same time. Um, you know, we're going to learn a lot from our schools during the non-conference play and what they do in the home environment. Uh, it's it's complicated, of course, as a tournament where you're, you're convening 10 schools in one building for four days, and you have five times more than the media than you would during a regular season game, uh, possibly. But our, our plan is to prepare for the worst case scenario and increase uh, in, in media involvement and attendance as much as possible. You know, if you're hosting at campus sites um, or higher seeds, you can also learn a lot from your projected host schools throughout the year. You know, physical distancing, print media workspaces, media meals, TV coverage, radio, access to team and player coaches, all those things are what you're considering and everything is changing, including what you do with fans and sponsors and hospitality function functions. So we do have a lot of questions, but we'll make our decisions next month and move forward with, with the plan that we, we develop and uh, until we have to possibly pivot again. But as Seth said earlier, a safe execution is our primary focus and our, and our sole focus. But, you know, we are, are still storytellers. You know, our stories aren't going to go away. So we we can't forget about our responsibility to make those connections in any way possible with the media and our teams and, and student athletes. Sure, Colin, I'm not sure this is specifically your case at, at Northwest, but this question comes from one of our audience members and says, "What do you do when social distancing is impossible with your facility size or, or setup? Any any recommendations you could offer there?" Uh, I think in the committee talking, we we certainly discussed the areas of, of maybe in the arena having empty seats. If there's fans aren't in the arena, then fans can media can move to empty seats that are in the arena. If it's even at the upper part of the arena, as long as you're away from folks, 
Uh, I know some of the arenas that we're dealing with on uh, on the Division Two, II, Division Three NAI levels are pretty small gyms, uh, and there's not a whole lot of space in there. But if you can just carve out a, a space just to just to be in the gym, uh, I know from a fan standpoint they want to be there. But if fans can't be there, hopefully media members can get in there and and share the stories of the game that that they need to. Uh, if you can't get in there, get on via stream via radio. Uh, it, our situation is a little different Northwest Missouri State where we have a, a kind of a radio press box and a media spot where it's actually away and up from the, it's almost like a football venue where you're away from the, 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 the playing surface. So we can actually socially distance upstairs, uh, be away, radio crews can be a part, the partitions are already built in. So it's a little different from our standpoint, but there's not always those those situations that exist. And I think just working with your facility members, uh, working with your athletic director, working with the coaches, just figuring out ways to make sure that we can get media members in safely uh, that also uh, doesn't affect the health of, of student athletes, coaches, and other administrators. That's a, I know uh, one of the things that can access is, is important to you. You stress that throughout our time as a, as a working group, but um, what do you think are some tips that SIDs could take away for making virtual press conferences better and more useful uh, for riders, whether it be game day or between games? Well, um, I mean, I think they've been great. I mean, I think the main thing is, is uh, you know, getting the word out. You know, the, the more advanced notice that we have, the better for everybody um, so that we can attend. I think they've been incredibly helpful. Um, you know, one of the things that we did talk about is, you know, augmenting those access opportunities for people who are on site. Um, you know, one of the few things that everybody uh, at the games has more of in this situation is space. Uh, there are probably no fans in your arenas, maybe very few fans, um, limited attendance. So are there ways to utilize space that would be able to create more access opportunities safely, always safely? Um, to coaches and players. Um, if there's no concessions happening, there's probably space, uh, you know, deep inside an, an, an arena that would normally uh, be devoted to either people who are working in those areas or prep, food prep and what have you. Um, and so, you know, there was kind of the question about, well, is it kind of unfair to the, you know, the reporters who are there? Like if there's a Zoom press conference with a coach, you know, is there a chance for those reporters who are there to talk um, with the coach additionally or to talk to players one-on-one -on -one or in small groups off of Zoom just because they happen to be there. Um, it's unfortunate that everybody can't be everywhere right now, but, um, you know, we are used to seeing, uh, you know, for people who are making the effort to get to places and taking on the expense of going to places to the degree that they should benefit um, from that. I don't think any of their um, colleagues would have, would have too much of a problem for that. So I would encourage people not to automatically foreclose that you know, talk to your writers um, about what they might want to do um, outside of their Zoom opportunities. And if it can be done safely, you know, spaced out, wearing masks, then um, I hope you guys will will find a way to do that. I mean, as, as Mike put it beautifully, I mean, there's still great stories to tell. And fewer people at your games uh, means more people uh, wishing that they were there and more people watching your games from home wanting to know what's really going on. Um, and really thirsting for that, you know, connection that, you know, the in independent uh, media is able to give. So, uh, you know, the Zoom stuff uh, has been great. Um, I would always encourage you to talk to your writers and uh, ask them if, it, it, you know, if you could do more for them, what would they prefer? And then how, can, how is it, you know, could, is it possible that it could be executed safely? Go for it. 
Thanks. Malcolm, staying on, on the media side, and as you talk to your, your members or the writers and, and broadcasters and such within your membership, what are you hearing about their ability or or, or want to to travel and be actually at games as opposed to um, solely covering them remotely? It, it's very much a, a, a case by case basis because there, I mean, a lot of people are operating on the premise that if you can avoid flying, that you should for safety reasons. Uh, but also there are very serious economic issues that a lot of media outlets are going through now. And so I mean, there may be other situations where somebody isn't gonna travel to a, a road game, even though he or she covers a team as a beat, because they can't afford, the, the, the editor decides they can't afford to fly. So one of the heartening things about the exercise that we went through is that we did our best to try to find a way to have guidelines that accommodated people that can't be there, whether it's because of personal medical advice they're getting or economic limitations, while at the same time, as Seth pointed out, rewarding the initiative for the people that do go to the, the, the effort to be there. I mean, I think a lot of people, and this is just anecdotally, are extending the amount of distance they're willing to drive to cover a road game if it, if it means they can be there. So we, we tried to look out for the best interests of both. Very good. Um, point this one to, to Kenny and to Colin. Um, Kenny, we'll have you go first. But uh, as you talk with your senior administrators uh, and others who may not understand, you know, all the details you have to work out with or the needs or wants of the media, uh, what recommendations do you have for our uh, viewers today in terms of working with senior administration to try to get as much as you can while still abiding by the appropriate social distancing and, and other regulations that happen to be in, in place in your locale? Danny? You know, it's, uh, I, th I think that was one of the uh, reasons of having a document like we have is, is helpful to, to each of the SIDs out there, is it gives some guidelines and it gives something where you can go to your administration and say, hey, this, these are national guidelines here and this is what we would, what, what everybody is hoping to do and hoping to accomplish uh, during this pandemic. Uh, you know, he, you know, and then that might be coupled with, you know, with what we have here, we're trying to uh, socially distance 3,000 people within a lower arena and trying to capture little places where I could stick media or stick cameras or do some other things, you know, is another, becomes a financial issue too when you've got uh, a season ticket base that well exceeds 3,000 and you're trying to squeeze a, a, a few people in there. So that, that becomes a little bit of an administrative uh, issue too. Uh, but, but again, when you're trying to get uh, trying to do the best for the media that are here covering you uh, because they're they're making the effort to be here as, as Malcolm was saying uh, and Seth that uh, that this is we need to do our best to to give them the best opportunity uh, to generate those stories uh, covering us and you know fortunately it's it, or it depends on your uh, how your athletic director how your uh, other senior administrators uh, 
take to those kind of uh, things. Fortunately, in my position, I am I'm a part of our senior administration, so so I have a good voice with that, and uh, and that's probably why we've been able to hang on to a few of those courtside seats uh, when so many of them have been. Uh, disappearing over the years and uh, so they understand uh, the need for it they understand that we've got to find ways to make it work and then you know there's a little give and take on all of it though colin from your, from your perspective at northwest well, i know that when we when we talked on this uh, as the group met we were talking about making sure we share this information with with administrators with assistant ad's with with athletic directors with facility crews so uh, i know one of the areas is when, when games ended making sure that there's enough time for the media to still file stories to get things done after game if it's a 45 minutes or if it's an hour but making sure that you share that with the staff and, and facilities that are in charge of that so if a game ends they're not just shutting the doors and locking out and just saying hey we talked about this ahead of time we know that the, the things are tight here but we want to make sure that everybody has the same opportunity to get in and out of the building uh, as you normally would so again that it just comes down to sharing information and that's that's the business that we're in we're sharing information one follow-up to that too colin brings up a good point because you may be uh, pressed with some specific hours of when people can show up and when they can leave it was a good discussion on our call about uh, you know some places have for instance two hours prior arriving leaving two hours after and at least making that two hours after uh, to be after the last uh, media availability or post-game call so uh, that was I know important to our uh, USBWA brethren on the, when we were speaking Michael asks you this question from our audience, uh, since you obviously deal with a number of schools within your conference, and I'm sure it's going to vary by school, but um, what are you hearing in terms of our radio crews uh, traveling on, on the road? If they are, are they traveling with uh, the official team party as, as they might? And um, you know, what are you hearing in that, in that regard in terms of you know travel and, and radio crews and uh, other maybe peripheral folks like that? Yeah, we we had talked. We we meet weekly as as a as a group. Uh, the SIDs, the basketball SIDs in our league and, and and league staff, and we did talk about radios and traveling radio crews. And for the most part, our radio crews will not travel. Um, some of it was a decision before Learfield had kind of uh, asked that they find another solution. So we've got eight of our ten schools are, are Learfield partners, and the two that aren't had already made a decision not to travel. They're going to be using television feed and to be able to call the games from home. Um, but you know, the ones that will travel separately, the SIDs will probably not travel on the bus. They might travel separately. We're a driving league for the most part, so it's a little bit easier for us to do that. But uh, I think the peripheral people that you mentioned were all going to travel separate than the team. Kenny, another question from our audience: uh, Are you or in terms of the ACC rules, are you taking temperatures of credentialed media before they uh, enter the venue on game days? We are, uh, but uh, it's it's everybody that comes in the arena. It's not just the media. So really, everybody at the door gets that. One thing that we are doing, in addition to to taking temperatures for media, is we have a, a very short online health assessment that goes down all the basics of. You know, have you been in contact with uh, someone with the virus? Have you, uh, you know, have you been feeling ill? All the all the regular questions there, but it uh, it allows somebody to get that done before they uh, come to the arena. So they they get their temperature checked. Uh, we have a way of checking to assure that they have filled out that survey before he get, before they get here. Uh, all the media that that come to our games. Uh, 
get an email in advance that uh, that kind of go down all the different things that all the different protocols. A link to that survey, uh, you know, uh, the times that we had mentioned of, of arrival and departure, and all the other uh, elements of the the media operation setup that they may need to know. You know, we didn't talk about food, but you know, we used to used to have a wonderful buffet before games. You know, now we're down to just uh, just drinks. You know, so the concession stands are, are generally open, but they may not be open in a lot of places. So uh, there may be people allowing media to to bring in a snack or, or food or a beverage or something in some cases. Uh, so that's, that's something too, you, particularly when, you know, we're, we're in this bubble setup where we've got three or four games going on in a given day. And uh, it's, uh, it's important to be able to, to, to grab a snack or grab, uh, grab some, something to drink or so during the, during the course of the day. Sure. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, another question from audience, and I'll actually start by answering this, but it says, when you have fewer seats at the scores table available, again, as you try to accommodate social distancing, you know, what are crews doing with their stack crew um, and things of that nature? I can tell you, I am the, uh, the official scorebook for Butler University here in Indianapolis, and their press or their scores table between their two uh, team benches is normally 20 people, and they're going to have a total of six uh, on that table this year using that whole space that used to accommodate you know, 20, and it's going to be very, you know, Spartan. It's going to be, you know, the, the game clock, the shot clock, uh, the PA, uh, the scorebook, the, the DVR, you know, replay, and the TOC, and that is going to be uh, it. Now, we may have to yell down from one end of the table to the other to communicate uh, among ourselves, uh, but it's interesting just how they're going to do that. Now, they have an auxiliary kind of corner media area where they're going to put their stack through. It's where their media uh, normally is. Um Colin, are you experiencing any of, that, any of that there? I think you mentioned earlier you have an auxiliary space that you've been able to use um, to accommodate a little more than you might otherwise be able to. We have been. In the past, we normally were right next to the visiting team bench, and which is a part of the scores table, but we'll move upstairs and have our, have our crew upstairs. Uh, I, I certainly enjoy being close to the action, and if something happens at the scores table, it's easier just to run down and find out what's going on from an official standpoint. Uh, if there's a technical foul or something that you're just trying to figure out how to, how to code it in in the live stats. But we certainly will we'll adjust to it. I think there's some areas where you can be across the floor. You wouldn't have to be on the scores table side. You could be across the uh, on, on the uh, where normally fans might be or or media might be. But the, you can certainly adjust in the stat crew uh, with the NSA live stats. It feels like you need certainly two people and probably three people to call it. So it's still trying to find space where you can fit three people together and put on masks. Uh, if you can put on headsets, I know some folks have talked about getting headsets for their SID crews and just making sure that you can all talk amongst each other and, and be at, the, at, a, at a safe distance apart too. So uh, there's just a lot of different variances and it certainly just depends on each venue, uh, knowing if you have the space or if you can go upstairs, you can go in the stands. There's just, it, it's certainly a different beast, but we gotta find ways to attack it and make it work. Very good. Uh, I'll turn this question to any of our SIDs. It's kind of a really technical question, but I, I think it's you know going to elicit some good responses. But in terms of uh, you know visiting radio, not traveling, has anyone figured out or have advice on how to enable that feed to pick up some natural uh, arena sound uh, back to where the broadcasters may be back, you know, in your city or your arena, calling the game virtually. One one thing that we're doing uh, here for for a couple of the teams that are that are here at this event, uh, we're taking the the natural sound, we're putting it on a uh, a Zoom type call, with a video feed of the up camera, so uh, 
the, the main follow camera uh, that would be there. So, and and you almost have to do that in in addition to to that. Otherwise, if you're watching it on television and trying to put that natural sound with uh, the television feed, is going to be uh, there's going to be quite a delay involved there. Uh, so so you almost have to have both of them coming from the site if you're going to try and use natural sound. Good. Malcolm, if you could uh, just give you know, any general advice to to the the relationship between SIDs and media as we navigate this year, um, what uh, what would it be? Well, the two things that were consistently discussed uh, when we had those multiple sessions are uh, have been creativity and flexibility, and and I think one of the things that was really heartening about the whole process is that I felt a spirit of cooperation that had maybe lapsed a little bit over the years, not because it's anybody's fault, but part of it is social media stresses or other reasons, but I, I think there was a collective realization that we really do depend on each other to find solutions in, in a way that frequently happened in the old days. And, and so things like, for instance, and, and this is always going to be an issue, but like a lot of other things, there's going to be more stress this season. If you're playing a late game, if, if you're playing in a nine o'clock game, the sooner that that Zoom session can be executed, the better it is for everybody, particularly if there's a building or a local regulation that says people have to be out x minutes after the game is over and so you have two deadlines you have your office's deadline but now you're going to be out in the cold and you don't want to have to look for a fast food place with wi-fi so you can finish filing your story so i think just keeping an open mind being creative and being willing to give on both ends is going to be the reason that that we're all going to make this work. Katie Malcolm mentioned the word stress and another question from our audience. And you've obviously had football games there at Louisville to go through that maybe helped you in some of the decisions you tried to make for basketball. But um, from your perspective as an SID, what has been the most stressful aspect uh, of trying to you know host media or prepare to host media uh, in this time of pandemic? You know, I, I think I think just waiting for guidelines as, as we were getting closer is the one thing, but 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 really what so many schools are experiencing now as our women's basketball team did is uh, is just the changes in schedule. I mean, those things are, you know, you, you don't know if you're gonna have a game, you don't know if you're gonna uh, be playing, you're preparing for a game and then all of a sudden it's not there. Uh, then you're uh, trying to help your coaches find another game to, to maybe replace that. Uh, that's, you know, I think yesterday alone, our women's basketball team lost two games and picked up one. Uh, so I think that's, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of that going on uh, around right now. But, you know, that and and then, you know, I'm at the arena now. We, we, we had a press conference just before this. Our team's practicing. We've got other things. But, but just getting everything in place, you know, really breaking out the tape measure, making sure you're six feet away from things. You know, you, you talked about the scores table set up. We've got a... We've got a scores table and then another uh, row just behind the scores table that we're putting our stats crews and uh, our PA announcer and people like that. Some, te some teams I know are going three rows there. 
so that's another area where you could uh, where you could take people and uh, and try and carve out some more areas there, particularly if you're not having uh, having uh, fans at your arena. You know, another thing too that was was brought up earlier, just uh, if if we're using these different locations for media, let's make sure that there's there's good Wi-Fi and power, decent lighting, and in, in those areas too. Uh, that that you're thinking of those things when you're when you're maybe setting those things up, you know we you know and again we've got a we've got a wonderful arena we've got a wonderful group of staff here but it's it's challenging for all of us because we're having to adjust you know the different you know the governor may come out with some new thing and you've got to change everything that you've done and that's you know just the the sheer change of how things you know you it's just not going to be business as usual every day. You're just going to have to be flexible and adjust to whatever those new plans are. Like uh, as uh, schools grapple with the travel party size and, and distancing, of course, um, how important or what have you been hearing? Isn't it for SIDs, you know, to travel again, maybe in this unusual uh, year to do the things that they would normally do, uh, the personal touch, um, or 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 the safety become more more important and what are you hearing from your uh, conference SIDs? Yeah, we we've talked about travel and we're, we're we're a mixed bag. We have some of the schools that won't travel until the conference tournament or will travel until the other fall sports that move to the spring uh, start their season. So we have um, you know a, a different situation for each school, and I think our our issue is going to be staffing home events when basketball is on the road and other sports are on the road and other sports are at home. So I think that the travel will be limited for us. And I, and I can't remember who said it earlier on to start the call, maybe it was Kenny, but I think we're, we're gonna have to rely on each other for help um, a great deal in terms of sharing of photos and video. And, then, and that's for, for media too, media coverage too. Your, your beat writer may go and you're not going with them, but I think we have to work together and the host school has to be more cognizant of, of helping the visitor out when they can travel. And kind of along those lines, you know, Mike, for the home SIDs and home arenas, um, we mentioned it earlier about being able to file games from at the end of the, or file stories at the end of the game and not have to find that the that Wi-Fi fast food restaurant, as Malcolm mentioned, but, you know, are you finding at least in your conference that, you know, that's going to be pretty well able to be accommodated? I know you have a mix of, of, uh, campus arenas and specific arenas in your conference. Yeah, we, we also talked about that. And I think we're in good shape with with allowing media to stay afterward. And I, and I would argue if you're if you're an SIE talking to your administrators, I would argue that the safest place for your media member to be is in the arena, socially distanced from others while they're, they're filing their stores. You, you don't want to kick them out and have them work from a fast food restaurant where it's probably unsafe. Uh, it's much better if they're just they're just finishing up their work and getting out at a reasonable time. And if the, if the cap is two hours, as we recommended, the cap is two hours. And I think uh, that that might be sufficient enough time for all media at all levels to get their stories done after the last media availability. Very good. Uh, before we kind of do a, a wrap around uh, here, any uh, uh, thoughts from the group you'd like to present? And uh, Colin, I'll get you give you an opportunity to kind of wrap up things from the SID per perspective that uh, you would like to be some key takeaways uh, for our SIDs. Uh, I think it's just being able to to adjust, uh, stay in contact with with your opponents, uh, with your opponent SIDs, and let them know the travel and plans like that. I mean, it's working ahead. 
things are going to change. Uh, you can work a week ahead, and then two days before, somebody might say they're not coming, or they can't come, or the game's postponed. It's all <clears throat> it's all working ahead, and if you're working ahead and planning ahead, then you're going to be able to adjust easily and, and make those things happen. Uh, if, if you're holding off and you're not doing things in advance and not, not planning ahead, then it's going to eat you alive, uh, and, it, and it's going to be tough. Uh, it's tough enough as it is. So we got to just work ahead, plan ahead, work together is the biggest thing that's going to get us all through this. Seth, similarly, from from your perspective and the USBWA, some some final takeaways uh, for our audience today. Well, first of all, of all the um, unfortunate casualties of the COVID-19 pandemic, losing the buffet at Louisville is definitely at the top of my list. It was, uh, along with CN Kenny, it was the main reason I ever went to the games. I don't really uh, care for basketball that much. Um, I'll just leave you with this one swing thought because, look, I mean, you guys – are going to have to make certain decisions at, at, at a certain point, right? Um, you're dealing with administrators and athletic directors and governors and county officials and doctors. So, um, but, you know, there's been interesting, and this has actually been sort of a kind of a cool, almost reset, right, um, of talking about, you know, the roles of, you know, writers versus broadcasters versus camera people versus whoever and sort of where to draw what lines for what reason. And so one of the things we has been coming up of, you know, the issue of, of families, players' families, uh, coaches' families, and athletic directors' family, and, you know, that you all might be in a position to tell uh, your leading scorer's mother that she can't come to a game or can't sit in a certain spot, but this sports writer can't. Um, and that's not an easy position to be in. And so, um, look, no one would argue that, you know, the writers are more important to your programs um, than, than your families. Um, so it's not a question of as important, more important, less important. It's just a different role. Um, you know, you're not going to say, say to um, no one's going to complain that the referee's in the building. Right. Uh, the referee has a certain role on game night. He's got to be on, on the court to be able to perform that function or the game can't happen. Um, in, in normal situations, uh, you give uh, your media you know, parking passes, uh, press row access, great food uh, at KFC Yum Center, um, uh, press conference access, things that you don't give um, to your families. Just like the families go in certain places in the arena, whether it's a lounge, the coach's house for a barbecue that uh, the media doesn't go. So it's just different. And so, um, you know, to the degree that you get into situations where maybe you have to make some of these choices, first of all, um, we're very much um, in favor of offering the off-ramp that if you can't accommodate your entire press corps, that you do select uh, a certain uh, small number so that there is an independent essential presence in the building to, swarm, to serve in, in the capacity that like a pool reporter uh, might serve in. Um, and that if you have to have those conversations, understand that, no, we're not as important as, as mom and dad uh, or, or Mrs. Coach, but we, we do have an important function um, that we play, uh, you know, during the games, it's beyond uh, what the broadcast partner plays that night. Um, and we ask you to honor that uh, as best as you can. And, you know, to the degree that you have to make, you know, tough choices, just communicate with us and let's engage and let's hear everybody out. Um, so at least everybody's can, perspective can be accounted um, for um, before those decisions uh, get made. But, you know, to Malcolm's point, it's been a great process. It's, it's a great you know, we often say that, you know, every crisis presents an opportunity. I think these conversations probably should have been happening anyway, um, and they've been very healthy. Uh, we're all in this together. We all want the game to thrive and survive, so we don't have to go out and get real jobs. 
And so uh, webinars like this are extremely helpful in fostering that communication. Everybody here knows how to reach me. Uh, if you have any questions you want to reach out, call me, email me, text me, DM me, uh, wave at me, th throw up a bat signal, whatever you want to do. I'm here, uh, happy to engage, and, and I'm very much appreciative of you guys having uh, me and Malcolm uh, on this call. Uh, thank you, Seth. And I think that same could be said for each of our panelists. I'd be happy to take uh, your email or, or a call if you have any specific questions that come up after today's webinar or at any point during the season. So thanks to each of you. We greatly appreciate your time uh, and your insight today. We'd also like to thank everyone who joined us for today's informative session. Uh, appreciate uh, you joining us. A reminder that you can find this webinar on demand later this afternoon on Cosida.com and on Cosida's YouTube channel. Will also be offered in a podcast uh, format on cosider.com. Uh, all these on-demand options are free of charge. So thanks again for joining us today and note that additional webinars and podcasts and some educational lounge small group sessions are being planned for December. So we encourage you to check cosider.com often for updated information on these professional development opportunities. And finally, a quick reminder about our cosider.com freelancers database page. You can access it directly on cosider.com slash freelance or under the careers tab on cosida.com. We encourage everyone to request to be added and you don't need to be a Cosida member to do so. Any freelance statistician or other game day personnel are welcome and there's no charge to be included on our freelancer list. Uh, with that, again, we thank our uh, panelists and we wish everyone a good day. Goodbye, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, everyone.